We are back. That's right. We're back in the Half-Baked Trees house. Whoa. I am still your host, The Manic Mustache. We are still pre-recorded and live. That's right. If you miss any part of our live broadcast on Mixler.com, that's right. Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com slash Half-Baked Treehouse. That's where you can find us Sunday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. till, well, whenever I run out of steam. So, now that Mr. Peanut has been sent away into the showers, getting to bed, getting ready for school, getting ready to be part of that educational system that I don't really trust. Sorry, is that too much? Did I go too far with it? Anyway, I wanted to jump into a story here that I thought was kind of wild. And this is, it's quite, it's an older story um, from last year. But I think I try to find stuff that maybe is a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Evergreen? Or maybe even sheds a light as, retrospectively, sheds a light on bigger issues that we always talk about here, right? Um, like I said, I personally, the manic mustache and my mustache, we both, we here at the Half-Baked Treehouse, believe that diversity is important. But what I see is diversity, I guess, or what I understand diversity to be I guess is a better thing to say. Um, <clears throat> those are the things that I find very important. Diversity. But like I said, diversity being... Um, diversity of life experiences. I think that is important to have. Um, in any situation. In, in in any work environment, anytime you need to, you know, have different perspectives, views. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I know I'm being very kind of out there, woo-woo weird with this. But the only reason I bring it up, like I said, I just lost my page. Sorry, guys, I got, con I put, I got me some contacts now. And my depth perception, for whatever reason, is just really weird to me. And I'm, I've got this thing keep on popping up. What is this? I'm trying to get rid of this thing. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm being distracted. Um, Crazy. See, that's, I don't know. I got a weird pop-up right now as I'm trying to read this stupid thing. This stupid pop-up keeps on coming up and I'm like, uh, uh, Live radio, everybody. So, um, there's a show that, uh, I don't know if your kids are watching it. I don't know if your kids are watching. I know uh, the nephew watches it, uh, Mr. Mouse, the house mouse himself. Um, He's been here maybe once or twice. And uh, there's a show called Bluey. Okay, it's an Australian show. Um, The premise is pretty, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Vanilla, normal, not weird. Um, it's these anthropomorphic dogs. They've got this these kids, uh, a mom and a dad. I think they're supposed to be, you know, like Queensland healers or something, or we just call them dingoes. Uh, Australian uh, healers as opposed to Australian shepherds. Um, so they are, uh, like I said, when we were growing up, we used to call those dingoes. 
And then you had the Australian Shepherds, and those were the more classy. It was like, um, in terms of dogs, I guess it would be like a, a Floyd Mayweather would, would have been a, a an Australian Shepherd, right? They're smooth, they're slick, they're smart. And um, <clears throat> uh, Queensland Healers were more uh, were the uh, Tony, yeah, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? James Tonys of boxing. Uh, they just came in. They were just looking to bang. But they're gonna get the job done. Maybe not even James Tony. Sorry. Maybe a better analogy. Um, Clay Guida. Because the hair's gonna be flying. Moves are gonna be made. <clears throat> they might they look like they were getting the job done so you never were mad at the dog other than they were just really aggressive for no reason so those are the two differences between an australian shepherd and an australian healer what that has to do with this particular story has absolutely nothing except for like i said diversity so on uh, April fourteenth, this is um sorry, this is bounding into the com- bounding into the comics. Holy shit, I'm that old now. Yes, yeah, speaking of old, I'm one year closer to forty now, and it's just getting. Well, I mean, every day I'm one one step closer to forty because yeah, every day it's moving on. We just happen to have um these things that that market which we call birthdays. Recently had that, so once again derailed, and I apologize for that. But let's get back into this story here. This was uh, from Bounding Into the Bounding Into the Comics again. Son of a bitch. Uh, Bounding Into Comics. Uh, so this is just an excerpt from an uh, article from uh, April 20, 2021. April 20, 2021. So many 20s here. Uh, Daily Stupid. So this is their little thing they do. Um, they call it the Daily Stupid, even though it's not very daily. And I think they haven't uh, uploaded one in quite some time. But the one I looked at was number two, and that really caught my eye. Like I said, and I promise we're going to get focused. We're going to focus here. So it's talking about an article. So um, this was number two on the Daily Stupid for this article. Um, Spencer uh, Baluki. Baluki? Bay Lukey, eh, whatever. Spencer, why isn't there more representation in this cartoon dog show? First of all, I'm going to say this right now. They're fucking anthropomorphic dogs in Australia. Who the fuck cares about representation? What, do we need to have a dog with the fucking wheelie parts on it? Do we need a gay dog, a lesbian dog, a straight dog? How about we just live our fucking lives I mean let's be totally honest here what does it matter I wanted to ask I mean does it gonna make these kids able to do we want to be injecting all of this just yes I get it diversity is important like I said through because of uh, experience and whatnot. But how often is everybody dealing with some, you know, with diversity, as it were? And I put diversity in quotes because they have very 
specific things that they talk about in terms of diversity. And guess what? I don't know where you live. Don't care. But where I live, I'm around a lot of diverse people, literally diverse, you know, black, white, brown, orange, yellow, different shades of purple and yellow, browns, just so not only just physically and visually, uh, you know, I know Asians that are so foreign, they're, you know, I know people that are so Asian, I'm talking straight, so Asian, that they, you know, they eat parts of the animal that you didn't even know existed, except they're also your doctor, son. <laughs> then I know people who are so white, they come with accents. And does that make me a better person? No, it makes me a different person. That is it. Do I need to see that particular rep representation of individuals of me on the screen? No. I mean, at what point or what point or what exactly... I know I'm, I'm being angry about this for no damn reason, but I really mean this. Which is that, why is it that it's an incumbent upon television to teach your children about diversity? Why? Who? Like, who's asking for this? Who's making these complaints? That is my real question. Um, but let's go ahead and read this little article here. And maybe I'm all wrong about this. Maybe I'm already projecting. I'm prejudging. Once again, it's all an opinion piece, but um, I'll pull up the article here someday somehow. But um, on April 14th, Australian Broadcasting Com the Australian Broadcasting Company the country's national broadcaster. It's kind of like PBS, I guess, I'm assuming. Oh, no, that's right. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's kind of like, actually, so common British Commonwealth, actually only America. I think America's the only place that doesn't have like a government-run um, network. It's crazy when I think about that. Anyway, so it's a gov the government-sponsored network um, for television. So the country's national broadcaster, published a piece by uh, Beverly Wong in which the Australian journalist shared her thoughts on Bluey. Quote, the award-winning mega-hit anima mega animated series about the healers, a family of dog-shaped humans. Parents Bandit and Chili, four-year-old Bingo and six-year-old Bluey, who live in a gorgeous Queensland... Uh, in a gorgeous... Queenslander in a gorgeous Queenslander with a city with city views um, perched on a lush hilltop in sunny Brisbane. I don't know what a Queenslander is. <clears throat> That's why I kept on reading the gorgeous Queenslander. They live in a house. I'm not mistaken. I've seen the show a handful of times. It's pretty dumb. The dad's kind of a uh, if if it came out that um. Uh, let's see, I'm going to assume Bandit was being cuckolded. Wouldn't be surprised. 
Um, but I don't think the wife would be into it. She's more like mid Minnesota mom type, just really chill. So it's just a really odd dynamic. It's the mom is like salt of the earth, um, you know, badass mom, and the dad's like just a bitch. Just my opinion, though. Um, though she opens her piece uh, by admitting that uh, two episodes of Bluey made her cry due to their emotional resonance and asserted and um, asserted that quote. As a parent and a fellow fan, I've always learned plenty from Bluey. How do you learn a lot from a kid's show? You're an adult. This is shit you're already supposed to know. This is just supposed to be like shit that reinforces social norms. Like, hey, don't be an asshole. That's it. Like, I think universal truth, I think this is the problem here with the need for every story to be so specific and so um, um, narrow. Because this was, I mean, the other day, uh, Billy came in, we were going to talk about an article about um, uh, turning red, right? Instead, we ended up started talking about battle pandas, right? Which, to be fair, I feel like was a better conversation. But this right here, I think, is something that illustrates what we were talking about or what we were going to talk about in Turning Red, in that too much of, like, story-specific things, or not story-specific, sorry. Um, I mean, just, just very specific. It's just like we have, to, we have to represent, like, where's my representation of fill-in-the-blank? Instead of saying, here's a universal truth, here's a universal story that I'm trying to tell, so that this universal truth, this personal characteristic, this attribute, you know, being a good person and what was called parables, which was a story to convey a bigger truth, right? It wasn't a story to convey a, a, a narrower, um, you know, ish to deal with a narrower issue. And I think that's what's lost here. Thank you, computer. Even the computer, I think, agrees with me here, right? Which is that we're instead of trying to tell smaller stories to convey a larger message, we're trying to tell bigger stories with a narrower focus. And the thing is, is that if you tell this giant story, this big huge story with all this representation and you know transgenderism and not even that but just that hey we need to have all of these people represented and each one has to get a small bite of the story right so that way now instead of it becoming a story about a young girl coming of age and you know what that means to everybody or what that could mean not only to girls but to everybody, it's a very small and narrow story with all of these other bigger things going on. And I think that's what was the critique in Turning Red, which we'll get back to that eventually one day. But here with Bluey now. These are the one thing I'm not mad when I watch when I see it on in the in, in the t on TV with the kids. Um, like I said, House Mouse, that's his show. Bluey, he gets down with Bluey, 
and I'll watch it and like I'm not mad because like I said the mom Midwest mom legit and then the dad he's kind of a bitch he he's he's the one that's you know gets told what to do if you know what I mean which fine I don't care that wasn't the father I grew up with maybe somebody else did have that father but that every episode is always telling, you know, it's telling this, like, very specific story. That everybody can relate to. Because it's telling a, a bigger, it's telling a bigger truth. And by truth, I mean conveying a bigger message than the story. As they say, you know, it's very important that the sum of the parts make up a, you know, have a bigger meaning together than if you were to take all of these parts. And as I think it's what the sum of the parts don't, you know, or, or there's something but you can't take all of this and then come out with a and and lose so much in the messaging. I think that's what the I think that's what I'm getting into. Like I said, I kind of like fucking what four, you know, what was that four sentences? But I'm, let me try to get through this because I think I think I might be right here. Like I said, I'm just going into this kind of half cold. I've only read literally the first chap the first chapter, first paragraph. Um, though she opens up her piece by admitting the two. Uh, already read that. Um, struggle shows representation okay so what is her issue with rep representation my question is this can bluey be more representation representative wong writes as a parent of color i am always um i'm always conscious of the presence or absence of diversity representation uh of diverse representation of kids pop of kids pop culture in kids pop culture let me let me go that that again i have always um i'm always conscious of the presence or absence of a diverse representation in children in kids pop culture what it means for children and the conversations we have around that I seriously believe that you don't have to be other to think about this too. Well, already maybe this is um, maybe speaking to larger voids in your um, what you got going on, I guess. Because even as a kid, I've never even as a kid and as an adult and as a teen, I mean, all of my phases of life, I've, I mean, we used to make jokes about it. You know, Last of the Mohicans, white guy, man. It's not the first. This isn't new. This isn't new comedy. This isn't groundbreaking. It's not like we didn't see it, but we didn't care. Right. And I think the bigger thing for this particular individual, Mrs. Wong, Miss Wong. I'm trying to see here. But I, I'm, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to assume her pronouns, uh, th their pronouns, but they refer to her. Uh, they refer to Wong as her. So I'm going to go with her. All right. So you're always looking at that. I'm not. 
Because I know that if the show was talking about maybe a puppy in a wheelchair, right? And they're like, oh, why is he in a wheelchair? You know? Or it tells a story. It lets you know that um, people are different. And just because they're different doesn't mean that you can't be friends or whatever the message, you know, whatever the, however they're trying to convey the message of tolerance through people who are different, whether it's through being ableist, you know, through a disability, through the color of your skin, through your, just your appearance or whatever that is, all of those stories of tolerance in each one of those situations or even interacting with somebody like that, you know, let's say there's a dog that's in a, a puppy in a wheelchair and they just happen to deal with him occasionally. Right. Or maybe not even a puppy, right? It's someone's daddy dog, dog daddy. Right. And he's in a wheelchair, but he getting around cool, whatever. And maybe the conversation comes up about, you know, Hey, how come, you know, uh, um, the Sparky's, dad is in a wheelchair and they're like oh sparky's dad was you know messing around in the turkish bathhouse and just so happened he still believe it or not and this is the story that was told just because that's where they found him don't it's not me telling this story i mean i'm telling the story but you understand that hey someone told it to me so this is third hand so this could be totally wrong but they stepped on a piece of soap slipped fell hit the corner of uh of the, the little seating area where they were at, because I don't know personally, I wasn't there, but the Turkish bathhouses, you know, they're kind of slippery and they it's all tile because, you know, it's a Turkish bathhouse. That's what you do there. And they have tile and he broke his back. So that's how uh, Sparky's dad is in a wheelchair, but we don't, you know, he's no different than anybody else other than he just can't use his legs. Right on. So already we have already dealt with closeted homosexuality, uh, disability acceptance, and, um, you know, or maybe Sparky's dad has, in the, maybe that's just Sparky's dad that's in a wheelchair. Maybe Sparky's other dad is, you know, not in a wheelchair, right? And we don't even have to address that they're gay because the kids might not even give two shits. But talking about the Turkish bathhouse, there you go. We've dealt with homosexuality or a gay couple or whatever. There are there are ways to tell bigger stories in just a matter-of-fact way. And what do you know? I'm going to just skip this chapter. This chapter. Why do I say chapter? I was I did not a good student. You know what? Let's just continue that way. There's some context with this whole goddamn thing. She continues. Um, we live in a world where the majority of main characters on television are white. Well, to be fair, the main characters in this cartoon are dogs. If you're already projecting white into these animals, then that's a you thing. Because I don't even think about that. Once again, full disclosure. I'm what the kids call a person of color, a POC, BIPOC. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Yeah. 
I'm a colored person. Now, I know I'm a male, so I still have my male privilege. But, yeah. I walk around the world as a fucking... As a Latin. As a Latino. As a Mexican... As a Mexican... Next, I don't know. Next, anyway. And I don't notice what I, I when I see these dogs, I don't think, oh, those dogs are white. No, I was like, hey, those are dogs. The dad is blue, the mom is brown. I don't even think about that. Here's what's funny: the only time I ever think about that is when someone might be Mexican, you know, Latin. More specifically, might be Mexican. Because I gotta know. And it's more, it's not even like I gotta know, like I need, I just gotta know if my if my picker is good enough to be able to pick, see someone like you are Mexican and find out that they're not. I'm like, damn, what did I get wrong? And that's more of like a racist video. That's more of like a racist mind game I do with myself. I'm pretty sure white people do it too, but they can't do it as well because as you all know, white people think all Asians, blacks, Mexican, Latins, and Puerto Ricans all look alike. So that's what we got going for ourselves. But back to Bluey. Um, let's see here. She continues. We live in a world, uh, what I say? Oh yeah. So a television show are white. Once again, like I said, the dogs are dogs. They're fucking dogs. Back to the article here, where there are more animals than people of color. Uh, protagonist populating the pages of children's books. Well, then, let me read that again. Where there are more animals than people of color protagonists populating the pages of children's books. Yes, because do you understand, lady, that all of these books were written by white people when white people were writing books? Now, am I supposed to blame other people? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting I'm going into puberty right now again over this. But are we supposed to blame white people for not telling more stories about other people when they were writing these stories? They really only knew white people? Like I said, I'm trying to get my head around why people are mad about white people. So that's what I'm dealing with, with all of this shit. It's like this, when you have this, like, no, as my mom used to always say, the no dumb moments, I call them no shit, where, yes, thank you for, thank you for stating the obvious that People write and tell stories about what they know, which is their culture, which is their people, which 
they're going to write them to look like them. Because they don't know of anything else. Let's be real. So instead of, how about this, everybody? How about this? I'm going to say this right now. How about we write news stories instead of trying to gender swap, race swap, make everybody feel better, pat the little colored kid on the head and say, hey, you liked Cinderella, right? Now Cinderella's a Mexican. That makes you feel good, right? Good little Mexican boy or girl or whatever you are. Go off and be happy because we tried at least. That's the thing. All of these people are going to complain about how there is no art for them. <clears throat> and I'm saying, why don't you go out and make that art? And then they're going to say, oh, they're keeping us out because it's, they, they're, they're, they're racist. And I'm like, no, maybe it's because your art isn't good. Like I said, I'm, we were supposed to watch uh, Turning Red this weekend, but it got away from me and uh, had, had to go out to dinner with the family for a birthday. So this week has been anything but, uh, what's the opposite of busy? Yeah, this weekend has just been busy. But that's why I wanted to watch uh, Turning Red. But I can, like I said, when I watch Bluey, I don't see color, everybody. I'm sorry. But let's see what else is in there, I guess. Let's just finish this article here. I'm going to get through this article. Not very long. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm I keep on trying to burn down this person. But what do they mean by that? You know. Okay, so there's no white people, but let's see what they're talking about in Bluey, right? I mean, she's talking about stories in general, right? So let's get back into here where, okay, bounty in the comments reporting, where are the disabled, queer, poor, gender diverse, dogs of color, and single parent dog families in Blue's uh, Brisbane? That's, that's what Wong is asking. Um... If they are in the background, let them come forward. That's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's this weird main character syndrome. I don't know if any of these boxes are checked in the Bluey universe. I mean, there has to be at least a dog in a fucking wheelchair, right? There has to be at least that. But, and like I said, dogs of color? Are you fucking high? Is this the shit we're worried about? I don't see race here. I see dogs. Do you understand that? How come all of these people who write articles like this inject race into literally everything.
into dog into a cartoon about anthropomorphic dogs. And then they're like gender diversity. What does that even mean? They're fucking dogs. The only reason I know what quote unquote gender each dog is, is because they tell me. The only reason I know Bandit is the da is because they call him da. And Chili is mum because they call her mum. That is the only reason. I still don't, I couldn't tell you if fucking Bluey or the other dog were a boy or a girl. I don't know. You want to know why? I don't fucking care. Even in this fucking article here, they're human, you know, dog-shaped humans. Parent, Chili, Bandit and Chili. Four-year-old Bingo, six-year-old Bluey. I'm going to assume that Bluey is a boy because Bluey looks like, is, is blue like dad. And that Bingo might be a girl because Bingo is the same color as mom. But to be totally honest, the only reason I know that there's a mom and a dad is because they're, is because they call them mom and dad. I'm sorry, I'm not in enough into the bluey lore to know gender-specific fucking roles for all of these animals. Dogs, specifically. Human-shaped dogs. But why is it, as somebody who is going through this world, dealing with just the idiocy, for lack of a better term, of our elite class... Like I said, and I, I'm, I'm stumbling, bumbling, and I think this is what is wrong with the journal, the journalist class, the journalist elite. We are the elites. We will tell you what to think and how to think. We will tell you what the right things to think are. Don't read anything else. Listen to what we'll we are telling you. That is the that is what you're supposed to hear. It's getting tiresome. I'm going to be totally honest with all of that. We need to, um, there is, the purpose of art is supposed to be, art is, I'm stumbling over this because I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. And I said it earlier, right? And now that I'm trying to say it one last time to put that little bow on it, it's just like a fart in the wind. But art is supposed to tell a story that is broad in its message. But narrow enough 
maybe not that everybody can see themselves in that main character, but that everyone can see a characteristic of themselves in that character. They don't see, ooh, I am that person. They're like, ooh, that person is like me because of this thing. And that way you're able to latch on to that one person, even though they don't look like you or are not like you. But you can show that main character, and that's the purpose of the main character. You're supposed to make that character, that main character, three-dimensional enough to where everybody can just kind of, like I said, latch on a little bit to what to something about that person. And they're saying we have to have all of these diverse characters, though. That way they understand, no, 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 no. Because you're taking away from the most important part. Like I said, it's that one person. They're not a Mary Sue. They're not a Chad. They're just, they're, they're three-dimensional enough. They have enough dimension so that many people can see a piece of them in that one person. And then that one person is going to go through the world and act morally. And the thing is, is that one character doesn't have to be dealing with all of these broad things in this one story. No, the story has to be able to follow it. You get out the other side. And when you're done, you're able to take whatever message that that was, that whatever message that that story told or that message that that story conveyed, sorry, and broaden it out to more things. Instead, you have people critiquing and not actually making the art that they said that they want. I have opinions and, and, and I feel like there's things that need to be said. And that's what I'm doing here, I guess. And trying to say that, yes, you don't have to tell the everybody's story. Just tell a story and tell a story that at the end of the day, that message is bigger than the story. The story can't be bigger than the message. You cannot tell, you can't tell this huge convoluted story with an A, B, C, D, E, F storyline because there's all of these people that we have to keep up with. Not every movie, not every story can be an ensemble. And if you feel like that's a problem, then you go out and make that. But the problem is the human mind isn't able to like understand all of these different stories, ensemble movies, ensemble stories. They're, they work. But the thing is though, is that they don't work because of diversity. They work because of chemistry. And in that chemistry, you're able to find diversity. But instead, they're bringing ensembles together for the sake of diversity. If the chemistry works, well, it's not our fault if it doesn't. Racism, patriarchy, all of that stuff. So I think that's really what's going on here. And I think that's the biggest thing with this particular story. And I'm pretty sure, but 
I'm going to try to go into it as open-mindedly as possible about uh, Turning Red. And I know that I'm not the, the demographic for it, but I want to see if it's a story that... If it's a narrow story telling a bigger truth. And like I said, is the main character... human enough for us to be able to connect with that person. And the thing is, is that I think what's being conveyed here by Miss Wang, Wang? No, it is Wang. Fuck. I was like, Miss Wang? Just felt wrong. Beverly Wang. Listen, Beverly. If you want stories and representation, then be the art in which, you know, create the art that you're looking for. Help support the art that you think needs to be supported. I'm going to continue to support things and talk about things and that are entertaining. Like I said, first, I mean, sure, something like Bluey, She's saying, bring these. Obviously, you haven't watched enough of it. I have, and I'm in my head. And I, like I said, I, I have not myself. I have not sat through many episodes of Bluey. But I've sat through enough of them where, I, where they were like, we don't have a, dog, a disabled. I was like, I think that for some reason I remember a fucking dog in a wheelchair. You know, shit like that. Um, At the very least. But like dog gender, like gender dog stuff, I don't know. Dogs of color. Like, yeah, they're working at a, I mean, I think they had an episode with like Chinese, like, you know, doing Chinese takeout or something. And the dog might have been Chinese. Like there was something about that. It was just, a, it was, but I had to really think about it, right? Because it's in passing, what happened with those in the interaction with those people were, hey, dad fucked up, but the, the the restaurant owner was like, oh, okay, we help you out. Okay, buddy, come on. Like, you know, they helped dad save the day. And by help them, they saved the day. And he was like, oh, yeah, thank God for the Chinese food people or the sorry, the takeaway people. I don't think they said Chinese. So. Like I said, they want to bring that to the forefront, and I, and I say no unless it is helpful to the story. Diversity should come... Sorry. Chemistry, I feel like, would genuinely breed diversity. And as long as chemistry is what drives the diversity, you will be able to have... Um, strong ensemble stories but those ensemble stories are very hard to tell that's why you have to have the protagonist even though we've mostly gone into anti-hero type stuff which is a whole nother issue that i don't know i don't care to get into tonight but these are the things that we are we're getting into now where it's like oh this person has to check this one person has to check all of these boxes Instead of being like, no, we all have to be multifaceted and multifaceted enough in our own lives 
and secure enough in our own skin, or at least have the people and family around us to be able to help us see all of the many layers of us in this one, you know, protagonist, this one person, this one character, this one fictionalized character that doesn't look like you might not even, you know, you might be a transgender, uh, pan African gender non-conforming you know pansexual dwarf right now there may be no stories about someone in your particular demographic but if you as a person are interesting enough and multifaceted enough and able to strengthen yourself. So that way, when you look at the screen, you don't have to say, I need to see me up there. No, I see some of that good person in here. And therefore it is a story about me because I am a good person because I share something with that per with that depiction up there. But instead we're so narcissistic that no, I have to see me there instead of I see my, I see some of that here, right? I might get, I don't know if I'm making sense with that and maybe I'm doing this all wrong, but I feel like, like I said, and I still stand behind this and I'm going to say it one more time. A narrow story needs to tell a larger, I guess it needs to convey a larger message. I keep on starting to say it and I say it wrong, but I almost want to say a, a narrow story has to tell a bigger truth. But no, it's not about truth. It's about a message. It's about something that many people can latch onto. A bigger message means that more people are able to hear it and find something in it. And like I said, ensembles are hard and too many times ensemble stories are told at the expense of chemistry to, um, you know, meet the requirements of diversity. And maybe that's wrong with Hollywood. Maybe that's what's going to be wrong with turning red, a new Pixar movie, but we'll check it out. We'll talk about it. I'm done for the night. I hope you all had a good time here in the half baked tree house, Mr. Peanut. Well, like I said, coming back later to uh, talk, finish talking Otaku. Actually, start talking Otaku. Ran out of time, but promised him we would uh, review Chapter uh, 10 of Demon Slayer. He'll be back for that. Billy Badbeard will be here later in the week, hanging out, hanging in. Um, and we'll see what else is going on in this crazy, crazy world. So thank you for being here in the Half Big Treehouse. But if you missed any part of this live broadcast, that's right. You can find us Sunday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. till, well, whenever I run out of steam. That's right. We're on Mixler.com live. That's right. Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com slash Half Big Treehouse. That's where you'll find us Sunday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. till, well, whenever I run out of steam. 
But if you don't want to listen to us live, that's right. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever finer podcasts are found. That's where you will find the Half-Baked Treehouse with your host, The Manic Mustache. Don't forget to find, look for us on Rumble. Search out the Half-Baked Treehouse. That's where you'll find us. We're putting up videos, hopefully news. We're going to try this out. You get to see my ugly mug up there, but with my fine mustachioed friend. Then, of course, we have a Twitter, at Treehouse Duo. I don't remember if I told you all that. So... All that being said, from the Half Baked Treehouse for Mr. Peanut, I am the Manic Mustache, reminding you that I am a gorilla. Love yourself. Good night, everybody. <laughs>